Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Snare drum time does indeed mean Score North Gophers show time. Thank you for finding this podcast. Wherever it is that you find your pods, whether it be via Apple, Spotify, the Score North mobile app, or maybe you're listening at scorenorth.com. Thank you for doing so. Please rate us favorably. We would certainly love a positive review. I guess a negative review if you have it, but we love the positive ones more than those. Joined today in studio by Manny Hill at MannyHill84 on Twitter. And pleased, and I do mean this, Doogie, very pleased to be joined by Longtime mentor and friend, Darren Doogie Wolfson. Doogie, great to see you. Hello, Ross. See, I figured you were just desperate for content, right? Yeah. I happened to be meandering through the hallways. You're like, hey, Dugs, it's time for a new podcast. Hey, how about you pop in the studio and we'll kill 10 minutes with you? Well, let's do the math. End of the year, less people in the building, harder to find people. I didn't want to say it, but you figured it out. You're a pretty smart guy. I say this every year because I'm, I think, what is it, next Monday, the 23rd. And Thursday the 26th, I'm doing Score North Live. Sure. On 1500. So I'm doing noon to two. Every year, going back 10 years, since the transition from political talk to sports talk, every stinking December, that's when I get my most airtime, and it's not even close. <laughs> it's because, you know, just based on the TV gig and, you know, the end of the Viking season, it's not like I'm taking vacation at the end of the right. Viking season. So I'm in town. So I'm readily available. So I'm just telling you, go back any number of years, and I get my most airtime on Score North in December. We may need to redo the logo and the imaging and all the taglines for December and just call it Doogie time. Doogie, let's get into it. I wanted, in all seriousness, I wanted you in here because you're very close with the Gopher football program. You know a lot about it. And coming up a little less than a few weeks from today, kickoff in the Outback Bowl, which we will get to. But earlier this week, we had basically, let's just call it what it is, we had the, the basic signing day that matters at this point. It's it's funny, years ago, early signing day was just kind of a thing that happened. Now, pretty much everybody in the top 200 signs on early signing day, and the reviews are in. The Gopher recruiting class, nationally pretty good. Big 10, it's in the, the bottom half, but whatever. I, I do want to get your opinion overall on the recruiting class, and then after you're done, I'll quantify what my whatever means. I mean, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I was led to believe going back to July, I was at this charity event with P.J. Fleck at Interlock, and how about that for a name drop? P.J. was telling me then, in July, in a very casual setting, you know, glass of wine, all that, he was telling me, because we were talking about his 2019 recruiting class, and he goes, Dukes, wait until you see our 2020 recruiting class. So he was singing the praises of this recruiting class way back in July. You know, then last second you get this kid that was committed to Boston College. They have a coaching change, this defensive end from Connecticut, Joe Joyner. He flips this four-star defensive end. The Gophers don't even have a defensive line coach right now, 
right? They end up losing Mike Tice's brother-in-law to Rutgers. He goes to work for, for Shiano. So the Gophers don't technically have a defensive line coach, yet they convince this defensive lineman, this four-star defensive end, to come here. That means something. And that means he's bought into the program, right? He's bought into the culture. He's bought into what the staff is selling. That's the only logical explanation, correct? That is probably the only logical explanation, and it's because P.J. Fleck does a really good job, and his staff, they do a really good job. And I'm not big into rankings. Like, I I get it. You know, Iowa had a really good recruiting class per the rankings, Wisconsin, Nebraska. You know, but I do look at, like, what are the other offers these kids have? The Gophers beat out Texas for this linebacker. His name is escaping me, but they beat out Texas. A Texas kid, now he might have been at IMG Academy in Florida, but a Texas kid. They beat out Texas. It is comparable to a couple years ago when they beat out Georgia for Rashad Bateman. And now a couple years later, we have seen how special that young man is. So your take on recruits is basically what my whatever meant. I think when you see 33rd overall, this that's per rivals, and there's many other recruiting websites, but that's just the one that I pulled before Manny and yourself and and I got together in this studio and you look at ninth overall in the Big Ten, I tend to always say, kind of like you, well, it's a good barometer, but what does that actually mean? I care more about the overall number of bringing in quality athletes and quality players and you trust, and I think we've seen this now from P.J. Fleck and his staff, that if you get three stars, they're going to coach them up to four and five star levels. If you get a four star They'll coach him up to a five-star level. That's what I believe you're looking for. And when you see a number for the Gophers that's top 40, I think that's about all that you can ask for at the University of Minnesota. And maybe each year it incrementally gets a little bit better. But, Dukes, that goes both ways. USC used to have really great recruiting classes, and the return on the investment, at least recently, wasn't really paying off. And, you know, you can go the other way with USC this year. They had a horrible you're right, recruiting although class. more often than not, the more five stars you bring in, yes. look at LSU, Clemson, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia. You go up and down that list. My point being coaching matters. More often than not, yes. I mean, hey, I mean, Jerry Kill coached up two-star kids better than just about anyone in recent memory. The Eric Murrays of the world, right? Turned these guys into NFL players that were two-star recruits. I look at offers. I guess that's what I'm getting yep. at. You know, like – who else offered that kid? How many other Power 5 offers did that kid have? I think the Gophers had enough kids where they had multiple other Power 5 options. That means something to me. I like the idea that 23 of these kids are multi-sport athletes. I like the idea that a lot of these kids have played in some really big games, you know, for state championships or the semifinals, you know, of the state playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I will trust. I mean, they do this every day. I mean, that recruiting staff, I mean – Heck, speaking of Jerry Kill, I mean, we're talking like 20 additional staff members over there compared to the Jerry Kill days. The amount of bodies they now have in place over there just destroys what Kill and Clay's had, even just going back three, four years, including the recruiting staff. And PJ still wants to add, by the way, to that recruiting staff. But they do this every single day. They break down the film. They talk to all these people. I will defer to them. I know how excited they are, both publicly publicly. And behind the scenes, how excited they are about this class. So because of that, that has me excited. Coach Flack, a red or white wine guy. What do you recollect? What was he drinking that night? You know what? I don't even remember. Might have been a Chardonnay. Might have been white. But all, I don't quote me on that one. All the scoops in the world and you don't remember what wine the guy was drinking? <laughs> Come on, dude. You know, how about this for name dropping? The reason I was at that event was to catch up with Sir Nick Faldo. He was in town. Wow. Yeah. Was it the women's? 
PGA event that was sure could that have been that happening. July. Yeah, that was where at, at Hazleton, wherever yeah. it was. Sir Nick Faldo was in town, or maybe he was in town for a different reason. But I was there to catch up with him. Stumbled upon PJ, and of course, you know my my passion for college football, and you know it's my alma mater, and my passion for the Gophers. Of course, I sought him out, and you know we've we've gotten to know each other a little bit. So you know, I caught up with him for a while. I'm just telling you, he he was singing the praises of this recruiting class big time back then. We're gonna segue into a little bit of Outback Bowl talk here shortly, and I want to make sure Manny Hill gets an opportunity to chime in. Doogie, a ten win season, can this become? the norm for the University of Minnesota, where maybe it's not every year, but it's every handful of years. Can this, with the program experience this year, can this become realistic to think that every couple of years this team can play on New Year's Day? Are you promising me that the Big Ten doesn't switch the East and the West? If everything stays the same. If everything stays the same? I'm worried about that change, too. Yeah, I'm worried about that, too. I've been told that that's not happening anytime soon, but I do believe it will happen. Well, or do they just do away with the East and the West and come up with just some sort of different system? But, yeah, I mean, if if things stay in place, yes, I can't guarantee it'll be 10, 10, 10, 10. But, yeah, 10 here, 10 in a couple years. I mean, the schedule plays so much into it, right, in the matchups, right? If you're avoiding Ohio State, right, like they do again in 2020, something like that helps. But, yes, based on the level that I know that P.J. Fleck and his staff can recruit at, yeah, I do think it's reasonable within the Big Ten West when you know you're guaranteed these games against Illinois and Purdue and Northwestern, even Iowa and Nebraska and Wisconsin, when you're guaranteed those games, I do think the schedule affords you the chance to get to 10 wins more often than not. We haven't talked a ton about this, Doogie, but your initial thoughts when you saw the Gophers draw in the Outback Bowl. Excited to play Auburn, or would you rather have seen somebody like Manny Hill's Tennessee Volunteers? <laughs> well, I mean, from a, you know, looking at it and saying, okay, they can win that game. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Manny, but sure. No, I'm totally with give you. Give me the Tennessee Volunteers. Yes, I agree. From an entertainment standpoint, though, you know, like you think about waking up on New Year's Day. I mean, I guess maybe in my drinking prime, you know, hungover, maybe not so much now as, as a father of two, but I'm sure I'll have some, some wine or whatever on, on New Year's Eve. So, yeah, I mean, you wake up. And you're like, yeah, okay. And, you know, just selfishly, because it's not the Citrus Bowl, you know, if if they had been in the Citrus Bowl, we would have done a bunch of stuff on Channel 5 because that's an ABC game. Locally, it would have been on Channel 5. So our sports department would have done a bunch in terms of a pre- and post-game show. So when I saw the Outback Bowl draw and I knew, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of a relief in terms of work that day. And, hey, it's a pretty exciting opponent. You think about Gus Malzahn and the freshman quarterback and, you know, Auburn just putting a 48 on the board against Alabama, we can talk all we want about Tua not playing that game, but Alabama's defense didn't come to play that day. I was pretty jacked up, but yeah, I understand why the Gophers are what an eight or nine point underdog. Is that correct, Manny? I think so. Yeah, it's moved to seven. It opened at eight and a half. So at least the betting lines across the country, there seems to be perhaps a little bit of steam on Minnesota. Not sure if that means anything, but it's fun to see. My question for you, Doogie, is where is where are we at now with the gap? between the Gophers and, let's say, Wisconsin. Now, Gophers have had a great season, 10 wins. The Wisconsin game in itself did not go very well. But that overall gap in terms of where the programs are, you know, have I, I, I would assume the Gophers have closed that gap, but by how much in your mind have the Gophers closed that gap with Wisconsin? I mean, they've definitely closed that gap. Yeah. Like, But I look at recruiting. Mm -hmm. Like Wisconsin comes into Minnesota 
gets the number one player in the class of 2020, Caden Johnson. They have a commitment from the state's number one player in the class of 2021, Riley Mallman, who plays some tight end for Lakeville South. But ultimately, the way his body is, 6'9", and he's just he's going to fill out. He's going to be a tackle at, at Wisconsin. So the Badgers come in here, and they beat out Fleck for the state's top two recruits yeah. in the 20 and 21 recruiting classes. You know, So I think Paul Chris can still recruit at a pretty high level, but can Paul Chris find a quarterback? Like For the longest time, we've wondered, can they find it? I think the kid now has a chance, mm-hmm. but I think the Gophers and the way Shiraka coaches up his quarterbacks and can develop quarterbacks, and I think Shiraka wants to be here. I mean, they're paying him handsomely, right? I mean, he's up to, with this with this new deal that he'll sign, about seven figures. There's no reason. I don't know if he desires to be a head coach. So I think Kirk Schrock has a chance to be here for a little bit. I think as long as Schrock is here and the Gophers can can coach up these quarterbacks and Tanner Morgan's here for a couple more years, you know, and I still think Zach Anikstead has a chance one day if something happens to Morgan or he just flat out beats Morgan in, in summer camp. I think because of that position and the importance of that position, yeah, I do. I, I can't tell you exactly – you know, uh, a gap, you know, number, uh, you know, exactly quantify it. But, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that the gap is, is you know, I don't know what term I'm looking for, but it's it's not the separation that it was years ago. But sure. I'd also argue, too, I mean, I was in the stands at Camp Randall November of 2014 when the Gophers led in the second quarter 17-3 to and should have won that game and should have gone on to the Big Ten championship game. So I said that five years ago that I thought the gap wasn't maybe what it was in previous years. And since then, yeah, the Gophers have the one pop-up victory last year, but then all of a sudden Wisconsin kicks their rear this year. So I still think Wisconsin is above Minnesota, but I'd like to think that it's now again a rivalry. Like, we can always say it's a rivalry, but when one team wins all the time, it's hard for me to call that a true rivalry. I think because of that Gophers victory last year, and because of my belief in P.J. Fleck and his staff, that it can truly be a rivalry once again. It used to feel impossible that you could go to Camp Randall and win a game. Well, now with last year's win, it feels like, or I guess maybe technically two seasons ago now, it feels like that it could easily happen again. What's to say Minnesota doesn't go to Camp Randall and win for, I guess, the second visit in a row? Kamal Martin sitting out the Outback Bowl. This didn't surprise me a ton. What do you know, though? What do you know about what went into that decision for him? I'm led to believe that the knee injury is more serious than any of us realize. I mean, his goal is to be ready for the Senior Bowl in January, but I'm not even sure he's going to be able to participate in that to be determined. But there's no doubt from talking to a few people that that knee is pretty jacked up. Like, he's not in a position to be playing in the Outback Bowl, even if he wanted to. You know, now, hey, he's committed to an agency. You know, he's he's been thinking about the pros here for a while. And I think, you know, if the knee's okay, he's going to shine at the Combine. I mean, he's an incredible athlete. You know, so my hope is, you know, like I root for all these local guys, whether you're a gopher or not, you know, my hope is that he's in a position to, to star in Mobile in January and star in Indianapolis in late February. But I'm just telling you, my intel right now here on, on December 19th is that knee is – it just put it this way, I'm just telling you, it's, it's a more serious injury than a lot of us realize. They haven't offered much up, you know, flecking those guys. They haven't said a whole lot. But my belief is from talking to multiple people that that knee is – it's just it's not in a good place right now. Antoine Winfield Jr., sir, is he going to the NFL, do you think, in your mind? He is, Manny. Yeah, I mean – you think about two season-ending injuries, yeah. and he's been here for four years. 
I mean, don't forget his in, uh, involvement, you know, just in the whole boycott situation going back, you know, the, the one Tracy Clay's year, you know, and that was all BS. I mean, you know, what they alleged him to have done was, was complete baloney, right. but his name was associated with the boycott and, and his alleged involvement, you know, what did or didn't take place. He was going to leave, right? He was going to leave. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've contended for a while, P.J. Flex best recruiting job. I mean, I can show you text messages with Dad. I just show you. I mean, Junior was leaving, so PJ Fleck convincing Junior to stay as good a recruiting job as as he's done. But yeah, I mean, having been here for four years, his draft stock isn't getting any better or increasing or, or going any higher. The time is now for for him to go pro. Well, In fact, he's even he's talked to some agents too. In fact. One of the agents. Now he may end up with Dad's old old agent, but I know one of the the agencies he's talked to is the one that Kamal Martin's going to end up joining. Even though Score North technically steals you for much of December, as you already alluded to, we got to cut you loose here shortly. But here's one for you on your way out the door. Gopher fans, to no, this should be no surprise to anybody. They're going to be well represented down in Tampa at the Outback Bowl. I think I saw upwards of already six thousand tickets sold, and I'm guessing more people will pull the trigger on that and make that decision to head down to Tampa here in the coming days. That's pretty good, isn't it? I think that's really good. I mean, I think there's this reputation that the Gopher fan base doesn't travel well. Let's put that idea to bed, that notion. I mean, the Gophers travel well. Yeah, I'm, I'm told the, the allotment is 8,000, a little over 8,000 or right around 8,000. And yeah, as of the other day, the Gophers have already sold a little north of 6,000 tickets. Like I saw the note that Iowa... Still needs to sell like another. They were given 6,000 tickets for the Holiday Bowl. And as of earlier this week, they were at like, you know, 4,500 or 5,000, somewhere in that ballpark. And I think there's this perception. And, I mean, there's there's some reality to this, too, that Iowa over the years, that fan base has traveled really well. And you would think San Diego, right, the Holiday Bowl, I mean, that's appealing. But as of a couple of days ago, and I'm sure Iowa's going to end up selling all those tickets. You know, but just know that, you know, at this point, and I get it, the Outback Bowl may be a little bit better, a little bit more prestigious than the Holiday Bowl, and it's New Year's Day and all that. But I'm just saying, yeah, I think it's noteworthy. You know, forget the Iowa talk. I just I think it's noteworthy that the Gophers have sold this many tickets, you know, with, with two weeks to go. Yeah, I mean, undoubtedly over the next, you know, right after Christmas, they'll end up selling a little bit more. I don't know if they end up selling all 8,000, but they will end up selling a good portion. Also, I am a little surprised because they did this a few years ago for the Citrus Bowl. They actually don't have a student bus going down, or student buses going down yeah. to Tampa. It's it's a tricky week, though. I mean, how many kids are on campus? You know, monetarily, does it does it make sense? I mean, it's cool to, to throw it out there. Hey, we're bussing all these students down. But, you know, you, you start balancing cost and all that. I mean, I just don't know if it makes, you know, financial and logical sense for, for the U to do that. Uh, but I did find that interesting that I heard that the other day. I feel like even for me, Dugs, if I was being told I had to hop on a bus to go down to Tampa, and you get, you make the decision willingly, I would be so excited. I feel like the 20-plus-hour bus ride wouldn't feel that long. It would feel incredibly long on the way home. Yes, That would be a would. tough ride home, win or lose. Yeah, it would. <laughs> even the ride down would be would be pretty painful. I mean, you're talking to somebody – who back in, I guess it would have been, what, January of 02, right after 9-11, you know, the Patriots, my my best friend to this day, was the best man in my wedding, huge Patriots fan. We make the, the decision last second after after the Patriots end up, I think it was Pittsburgh, they, yeah. they advance to the Super Bowl. We make the decision, okay, we're going to New Orleans. 
for the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. I mean, that was the start of of their dynasty. And yeah, once we were about four hours into that drive, I'm like, what the bleep was I thinking? Now, here was the beauty of that, though. My buddy John says, if the Patriots win the game, I will drive all the way home. Patriots win the game. He might still be driving. Remember, the Rams were a heavy favorite. (laughs) Were were they, Manny? A two-touchdown favorite or so? 14, I think. Yeah, the Patriots end up winning. And we actually, we had a chance to go to the game 30 minutes before kickoff. You know, we're, we're in the heart of the French Quarter. We were offered... Upper deck, but not horrible seats, you know, like 30 or 40 yard line for 50 bucks. But keep in mind how tight security was. That was yes. the first Super Bowl after 9-11. Plus, we had, we had found a great, uh, a great location at the, at the Hooters of all places in, in the French Quarter. But we had a table all set up. There were a ton of Patriots fans there. We had easy access to, to Bourbon Street. So we figured if the Patriots happened to win, like we don't want to be taking an hour to get out of the Superdome to get to the party, so we decided actually we're not going to the game. We're going to watch the game on TV in this bar with all these Patriots fans, and it was it was absolutely one of the one of the best decisions I've ever made. This is such a nerd thing to say, but one of my favorite Super Bowl memories. Remember, at the time we didn't know what the Patriots were going to turn into. The Rams come out; they're all introduced basically one by one, and then the Patriots just come out and say, "Ah, we're going to be introduced as a team." Mm-hmm. That that was a very cool moment at the time. Doogie, I'll actually let you get out of here, and I'll finish up with Mister Manny. Beautiful, Hill, happy I know, holidays, boys. I know you got a lot. Manny, to do. you can have your microphone back. We're down one <laughs> microphone here in this in this production studio, so your microphone is all yours now. Okay, sorry for hogging it. D Wolfson KSTP on the Twitter machine. Thank you, Doogie. I'm actually reaching out to Doogie right now for Nux. I Doogie and I go way back. I think yeah. to like 2006 it's a long time yeah 2006 you would know better you, than me you thinking had, about this yeah yeah, yeah. It had to be like 05 january like, th- like the first working day of 2006 I love it. we're, co- we're coming up on 14 years together Mandy Hill. <laughs> long Do- time doogie as good as it gets yeah we are down one mic so we're we're making do with what we got yeah now we're back mm-hmm I never even really gave you the correct pleasantries. Can you no, can you give me the laundry list of everything you're involved with right now at Score North? Uh, Vikings Vent Line, you can hear that uh, Tuesday through Friday at 11 a.m. on uh, AM 1500. And, of course, you can find it at scorenorth.com, Score North mobile app. We also, uh, Mondays, we're two hours on Mondays for that show from 10 to noon, uh, typically after Sunday Vikings games. This coming Monday, I would imagine, will be two hours as well. Sort of a pre-gamer to the uh, Vikings and Packers. Uh, Score North Live, uh, two hours a day, Monday through Friday. Myself and uh, Rami Makhlouf and a uh, uh, very uh, vast uh, majority of a supporting cast, uh, as well as as the week progresses through there. Uh, That's noon to two. And uh, Raised by Wolves as well. And a frequent contributor to this podcast as well. I had Manny do all of that because, again, that cold I was starting to get a few weeks ago, <laughs> it never progressed any worse than where it's at right now. Yeah. But I just have, like, this always mild congestion. My voice wavers a little bit, which <laughs> I'm sure you've already heard, and I need to do a little coughing off air there. So thank you very much. That was the w- one of the reasons why. And, two, I wanted people to know how awesome you are and how heavily involved you are here at Score North. <laughs> And thank you for literally the last month or two becoming the – I'm just going to say, like I told you, I'm going to make that Green Day comparison again. Mm. You're essentially in the band. We just don't bill you as being on the band <laughs> or being in the band. So. Unofficial member. So thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll, we'll start to wrap things up here, but I wanted to get Doogie 
back to his uh, primary responsibilities here at Hubbard Broadcasting. As we get closer, Manny, not a ton has changed for me thinking about the the Outback Bowl. I, I still think... To me, and I'm not trying to be negative here, I I think this is, again, it's a great opportunity. You, you get run off the field, which I don't expect to happen, but let's say that happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's Auburn. It's a great SEC opponent. You win the game. Think of what that can do for you heading into the offseason. I still feel like this is probably like a 34-20-ish to 20-ish game in favor of Auburn. Yeah. But I've been wrong multiple times before, and the beauty of bowl season, I actually go through and – predict every game that's something i've invited you into this year make sure you get your picks turned in if you if you if you have not yet there's surprises every year in bowl season i don't think this is an unwinnable game it's just it's it's a tough draw i think the espn matchup predictor has it at like 72 percent auburn Mm -hmm. and and i would say right now the seven point line and that 72 percent seems fair but that also shows you it's not entirely unwinnable I think the Gophers will need to play their best football of the season, and we've talked recently about how the last three games of the year, you know, even though they did win one of them, they did not play their best football of the season down the stretch here, the last quarter of the season. Um, so they're going to need to play their best football here, and they're they're getting basically a, a month to prepare for this if you date back to the loss to the Badgers. Um, so they're getting a, a long time to prepare for this and to sort of clear their minds and say, all right, disappointing that we're not going to the Rose Bowl. Felt like we should have had a better showing against the Badgers, but now we've got to forget about that now. Now it's the bowl game. It's a big bowl game, huge opportunity, New Year's Day, quality opponent. you got to get ready. So I think it's going to take a combination of that along with I think, and then I think you got to hope Auburn has sort of an off day, not a not a bad day, but just a little bit of an off day, and it's possible. I mean, Auburn. I think if if you're Auburn, you're already somewhat satisfied with your season in that, or at least satisfied with the way your your regular season ended. Well, because you, beat you beat Alabama. You beat Alabama. You beat you beat the you beat the big rivalry, and for all intents and purposes, you kept them out of the college football playoff by beating them in the Iron Bowl in the last week of the season. So Auburn, there's a chance maybe Auburn's riding pretty high on that and are satisfied, and they're not looking at this bowl game as as maybe as as a huge as huge of a deal as maybe the Gophers might be looking you know, at it as. That, I think that's that, that's the recipe, though, for the Gophers to win, though. That's an interesting point that you just brought up. At the end of the year, if Auburn loses to Minnesota, does the – Standard Auburn fan, I won't even say casual because I don't think there's casual Auburn fans, no. right? Everybody's all in on Auburn football. Yeah. Do you remember the year more for losing to Minnesota in the Outback Bowl or for beating Alabama in the Iron Bowl? I'd say 95% oh, yeah. of the fans are going to say no it's beating Alabama in the Auburn Bowl. No, no, The no. Auburn Bowl, excuse me, the, the, the Iron, Iron Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, no question. I think it's if we're, the, that rivalry is so intense and so heated – that I think that is that is the game of the year for them, unless they're in the college football playoff or playing for a national championship. Um, I think the bowl game for them is all right. We're in a nice bowl game. Let's go and win. If we don't, well, we're nine and four, and we'll go back to next year, and we'll think about beating Alabama again next year. I think that's the mindset of Auburn. Now the Gophers, this is a this is a big thing. This is a big opportunity for them. 
If they can find a way to win this game, they're going to be underdogs. They should be underdogs. I think Auburn is a better football team. Um, but, you know, I, I think that this is, uh, this is an opportunity for them to, if they can pull off this upset, be a huge win for the program. I think I asked you this about a week ago, and we'll close with this. Is there a bowl game that you're really looking forward to? That's it. It can be a New Year six, maybe not a New Year six. The closer we're getting, I I've seen I've looked at a lot of predictions, Manny. Mm-hmm. There aren't many people giving Memphis a chance against See, Penn that, State. That's the route I was going. And, yeah, and I actually think Penn State's probably going to win that game too. But I, it seems that I don't know if hates the right word, but there's just really nobody behind Memphis. And I love teams like Memphis in bowl games like this. They yeah. they they aren't the better team. They're probably not the better team, right? Especially if you if you go one through one twenty five on the roster. But you know, you coach them up. They have the they have all the feels on the right day. If that makes any sense, it just that one seems sneaky to me. I'm kind of interested in in how Memphis shows up. I'm I'm worried about their defense. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a chance that Memphis can put up a ton of points on Penn State. So that one sticks out to me. I mentioned this in previous pods. And if you want more of our initial reaction, it was actually you and I, Manny. We broke down the Outback Bowl a little bit more in depth in this same feed. So you can do that. Day two, technically, uh, the Bulls fire up on Friday the 20th. Saturday the 21st, we get that Chris Peterson Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one too. I think there there's a great potential for that to be a real fun game in Las Vegas. In the uh, the Las Vegas Bowl, quietly one of the better bowls of bowl season, and yeah. it fires up right out of the gate. Remember a few years ago we had Utah and BYU. We, we had <laughs> another. Right. We had uh, the second holy war of the year in the Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The Rose Bowl should be fun. Uh, I mean, obviously being sort of a Gophers homer, uh, go Ducks in that particular game, but um, the Rose Bowl should be a lot of fun. The Cotton Bowl is one I'm really looking forward to. How will Memphis handle, because their head coach now, he's not going to coach in the game. Yep. He's moving on to Florida State. How will Memphis sort of handle that game? You know, when we saw Western Michigan make it with PJ a couple of years ago when they lost to the Badgers, got off to a rough start, but made it a game at the end. PJ coached in that game because he, he hadn't gotten the Minnesota job yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Memphis sort of plays plays that Cotton Bowl against against a Penn State team that is uh, is a pretty good football team, and uh, it'll it'll be interesting. It's it's going to be a fun bowl season. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, go Ducks. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, that'll just about do it for this edition of the Score North Gophers Show. A little bit of a rewind housekeeping. Thanks to uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson at D Wolfson KSTP on Twitter. My guy, Manny Hill, at Manny Hill 84 on Twitter. And, of course, myself, Ross Brendel, at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Because for the last 10 years, the original Ross Brendel's account has been suspended by Twitter itself, and I can't get the handle. (laughs) That'll do it. Thank you so much for listening again. Please rate us favorably if you are so inclined to do so. We will talk again soon. You'll hear more from Murph and House the rest of 2019 into 2020. Thanks for listening.